I'm Ted Baker. This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 56, looking back at the oldest rivalry in the game, the Tuesday night game with Cornell, and ahead to a Saturday afternoon matchup in Pittsburgh with Robert Morris, joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. Thank you, brother. Eight to one's a big hole to dig out of. You made a real strong effort at it late in the half, but so many times in these situations, you see it, it kind of takes all the steam out of you trying to make that comeback, and then they dominated again in the second half. Yeah, and it, it dominated possession time the whole game, Ted. I think uh, you know one thing we talked about a ton with our guys going into that game was the house money scenario and and you know making sure we understood all the pressure being on the number 3 team in the country and not on us and 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 playing free and easy and and you know I think the majority of our guys did that I think there were some guys that gripped their sticks a little tight and and I'm not entirely sure why obviously some some communication may need to change from the coaching staff to them but for the most part Great energy, uh, great excitement. You know, the locker room was great. The warm-up was great. Uh, everything about leading into that game was um, was fearless for sure. You know, I just think um, with that fearless mentality, we, we we played immature lacrosse, really. Our, you know, we we shot our the first opportunity in a lot of different scenarios on arguably the best goalie in the country, you know. So, um, and we, we saw early that, if you're not moving him, like we always talk about, pipe to pipe, back to front, and if the ball movement's not up, and and uh, you know, I think if you go back and watch that film, Ted, you see that that's a team that's finishing possessions right now, and we're a team that, in the bulk of that contest, is not. Um, but full transparency, and and you know me, never to make excuses. This is completely on us, and we need to play better. But I thought Cornell played a fantastic game as well you know I, I i their offense did not turn the ball over once um they either scored a goal or they uh they ended a shot clock with the ball in the corner or we caused a turnover you know we they didn't they didn't shoot themselves in the foot once and um you know i think from a recognition of how choppy we played versus a how well they played and you know we talked to that coaching staff who we respect a ton and and you know they mentioned um how well they were clicking that night and and yada 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 so we need to find a time or a way in those big scenarios to, to have the ball more uh to have better possessions on offense more efficient possessions on offense but you know multiple shot clock possessions on offense that's that's huge playing less defense um, against an offense with that type of potency is, is very important going forward. You mentioned taking that first shot. I thought I saw a lot out of your offense, what we saw out of the Colgate offense on Saturday, just that frustration, the shot's not there, and then somebody just kind of cranks up a poor shot with 25 on the shot clock. How do you preach that mental discipline that if you've got 25, if it takes five more passes, keep working that ball, and, and maybe you get a good shot with five on the clock? Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure they were desperation shots, Ted. You know, our hands were free a decent amount. I think it's more um, our guys recognizing what uh, what a what a great shot is versus a good shot. And um, you know, I, I you know, I don't think. Well, first off, we have good shooters on this team, and uh, we we have guys that can stretch a defense in a lot of different scenarios. Um, and we we want them when their hands are free. They have the ability to shoot. You also got to look at um, what the player between the pipes' ability is to save the ball. And, you know, I think that's 
um, should should have a more impactful um, connection to to the decision making that our guys have. So I didn't sense desperation. I didn't sense guys frustrated. I sense guys, you know, anxious to make plays. And you know, I think we 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 go into these these situations we're a little bit full of crap where we talk about you know it doesn't matter the name on the jersey it doesn't matter to this it doesn't matter to that but you know in a Tuesday night game we're doing things uncharacteristic based on the fact that we're playing a great team and and we know that they're a great team and uh, there's an upset on the line for us if we play well so um you know offensively uh, you know we need we need to trust what ball movement does more in those uh, situations and against every opponent we need to trust um what uh what what a good shot is when the ball's in our stick and not just ted you know the act of shooting the ball where we're shooting it is very important us understanding um what's difficult to save and um, just shooting the ball high and hard and and um, showing your hands a little bit um, only works in some scenarios. So, but again, Ted, and this is not an excuse. He made about ten great saves. Go back, you watch the film. Um, our guys aren't slubs, and there's a ton of good execution on the offensive end for Hobart on that day. Doesn't look like it on the scoreboard, but um, we faced a great opponent, and that opponent played great. We said the same thing you did at the end of the game. I think Chase Erland might be the best in the country. He is so quick, and the thing I noticed about him, while well, he comes over to the sideline during timeouts and takes about 15 warm-up shots, but he plays goal with his entire body. A lot of guys are reaching with a stick. He's almost like a hockey goalie in that he moves his body a lot in the direction of the shot, and it just he's hard to beat because he's so quick. Yeah, and he actually was a hockey goalie. He oh, was okay. A- yeah, he, was a, he was a great hockey goalie in high school. So he's uh, he's got that background. Um, and uh, and also consider the experience too, Ted. I mean, he started for five years and um, and played. I mean, obviously they lose that year because of COVID. But, um, you know, the experience he has, he's a Final Four goalie. He's a national championship goalie. Um, and there aren't many weaknesses. So, you know, you watch a bunch of film and go, here's where we should shoot. With him, you have to keep mixing it up. You have to shoot the ball all over the place where you look and you know somebody shoots the ball high and and he saves it and you know everybody who's so judgmental you know watching the game is like why would you shoot it high on Chase Ireland well he's pretty good low and he's pretty good off stick he's pretty good stick yeah. side high he's pretty good off stick high so you just have to continue to trust that um just mixing up your shots can help against him but he has our full respect man he does and he's a great young man you know i know that family well i know the the dad's an excellent you know longtime high school coach in fairport i believe a high school football coach um we recruited td we attempted to recruit chase all these guys and you know i walked through that line at the end of the game and um and I said, you, you're promising me this is your last year, right? And he, said, yeah. he said, yes, coach, I promise. So he's uh, he, he's he's a great leader, a, a great guy, and, and again, a, a tough competitor for sure. One of the young guys we've talked about had a breakout game. John Jude Considine had a hat trick, including just a brilliant setup at the end of the half. We all went, what's he doing when Baltzer ran in behind the net and uh, on about one second left? But he got it there. It's it's good to see those young guys both getting healthy and getting a, an increasing feel for the game. Yes, absolutely. You, you know, John Drew's John a terrific player, Ted. And, um, you know, I think when he continues to get uh, – when, when he got into a groove before 
um, before he went down with a couple ailments there, it, you know, it was like, wow, you know, the, he can, he can beat most people and um, he's got very two handed, great stick work and, and uh, is a guy that's going to play a ton of great lacrosse for us. So he was in that groove early in the season and he's starting to really get back into it. So, you know, he gives us really good depth there. I think, you know, getting David Peterkin more time is going to help us out a lot, you know, getting Delhi and, and Will Delano in different spots and, and also getting Anthony back in the mix where you know he's he, he's still um getting into that realm where his body's feeling great and um you know he can trust it a little bit more and yada 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 so we're we're we're, we're kind of overcoming or we hopeful we're hopeful that we're overcoming a lot of these early season bumps and bruises and uh, that's on the defensive end as well you know we've had Jackson Galliani out for a while and um got two old men and Mike and Mark that are um you know, handling some of that old man body ailment stuff. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to these guys about this endurance factor a ton and um, John Jude being one of them, you know, you see, you're going to see more sparks like that. We hope for more people, Nate Greenberg coming back into this mix and we've put in Zach Delaney in some, you know, some tough spots over the past couple of games and, and he's handled them like a man and, and, you know, came back great in the practice yesterday, you know, and so um, we do want this depth to continue to develop. And I think you're going to see that if we can endure and um, learn great lessons from a loss like Tuesday night that, you know, our, our best product is, is is still to come. We were saying on Tuesday, I think one of the areas you, where you've really been hurt with injuries is defensive midfield and what I call transition middies, you know, those guys that can bring the ball across midfield. Uh, Braden Weimer's done a good job of that, but uh, Kyle Driscoll's had to play an awful lot of defense, and, and some of your offensive guys, I mean, we're seeing Simus and, and people like that being forced to play a lot of defensive midfield. Uh, well, yeah, well, we want them to as well. You know, we we... You know, we do have two-way players. It's one place where we feel like those guys have made great improvements, um, Braden in particular. And, I mean, you can always count on Drip, man. We don't. I mean, Kyle Driscoll, we call him Drip. Uh, he, he shows up every game. He treats every opponent the same. He treats every dodge personally. He, he's as physical of a defender as we have, and, and he's under a lot of scrutiny being, you know, um, at short stick de- defensive position mainly. But um, I think we're happy with the way those guys are playing. Chad plays very good defense for us. Bradley plays good defense for us. You know, we're getting into that mix with Jack and, you know, Bobby Baltzer, one of our best defensemen. So we need we need to continue in that realm with those two-way players. We need John Jude to be more comfortable down there, David Peterkin to be more comfortable down there. And now we're really talking about the two-way player. And, and you know, that's going to come into play a ton this weekend. That's all Robert Morris has is um, they don't have a short stick defender. They have all uh, short sticks that play defense that will stay on and play offense. So, um, you know, kind of be a battle of the two ways here this this week. But um, we're happy with their progress. We we feel like those guys are doing, are doing a good job. You know, you may see other things out there that we don't, but um, – they're on point every possession, and when we have, you know, great defensive stops, they're they're a huge part of it. Ground balls were twenty-five to five in the second half. Some of that was winning faceoffs, some of it was lucky bounces, but you can't attribute it all to that. No, that wasn't lucky at all. They kicked our butt. That's all we've been talking about. As um, the the toughness factor in the second half, the amount of possession time that they had, if you want to call those lucky bounces, you ain't a competitor. So um, they beat us fair and square and um, in an embarrassing fashion. So uh, we're we're going to continue to to send a message to our team 
about um, how important possessions are to this program. And when we neglect that element of a game plan, I mean, you can go out and, like I said, house money it and, and yada, yada, yada. If you're not fighting harder than 20 to 5, you're going to lose. And um, that's not anything I want my name on as a head coach. And uh, I'm pretty sure our, our leaders feel the same. My uh, my staff feels the same. It's the the most embarrassing part of Tuesday night. So um, we're we're going to work hard to send a message on on how unacceptable that statistic. As much as we avoid statistics here, we're going to talk about how unacceptable that statistic is going to be going forward. CJ Kirst, you know, it's easy to say, well, stop him, take him away. But I mean, when when he wasn't scoring, he was assisting. I mean, the the guy's just a, a great player who had a great game. Yeah, and. A worker, you know, we can we can learn from our opponent there. I, I I think you're hard pressed Ted to find a better player in the country. You know, I think you're hard pressed to find a harder worker in the country. You know, and he's he's got a misconception as this you know dynamic dodger and ball carrier, and he's good at that stuff. But he's a, he's an off ball player. I mean, you go back and watch that game to find a find a possession where he's not moving where he's not constantly moving without the ball on his stick. And, you know, I talked to their coach afterwards, and he's like, we just tell our team if there's any doubt or there's anything going wrong, throw the ball to him. And he'll catch it, and he'll hitch and dodge an approach. He will uh, do the right thing with a short stick. He'll he'll draw a slide. There is no initiation in their offense with him. It's all finishing. He's a, he's a finished dodger. And a, and a great and excellent off-ball player, and he did. He had you know a couple assists, a couple on some, you know, uh, some some broken ground ball plays on 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 a man up, and and um, some some of our inability to check into the zone correctly. He you know we found some openings, but uh, he is. Uh, I mean, I'd rather if people are going to think I'm crazy for saying this. I'd rather cover Jeff Teat than than that kid. There's no doubt in my mind. He's just uh, he he works that hard and and uh, is that athletic. So um, great to see him. Great to understand what a complete player looks like offensively for our guys, but also from a defensive standpoint. You put Mike on him. I asked Mike. Mike, did he stop moving? We watched team film yesterday. I'm like, he stopped moving all game. He's like, not once. Didn't stop his feet the entire game. So um, we can learn a big, big lesson from one of the best players in the country, if not the, and also uh, one of the hardest workers. Four games into the season, you're giving up 14 and a half goals a game. But when I look at that defense on the field, I, I don't see a bad defense. I say, boy, they're hitting guys, they're sliding, they're communicating. How much of it is the offensive struggles being forced to play so much defense, and how much do you feel there are still things you need to correct? Yeah, but I mean both 50-50, you know, maybe maybe 40-60, you know, I can't put it on the offenses uh um shoulders completely that our defense isn't stopping people from scoring, you know. I think some of it is um what we're trying to do from a versatility standpoint and you know, we're checking in and out of a couple zones, our guys tend to look to be confused uh, at some times and and the positions that they're playing, we give up you know, three easy goals in the second half where guys just aren't aware of their responsibility in terms of how we're setting up a specific package and, you know, trying to make some adjustments at halftime and doing some different things that um, we need to be better with uh, from a coaching staff perspective. But um, uh, once again, Ted, we have to play less of it. 
it's not just an offensive scenario. Like we have to, we have to pick the ball up more. We we have to do a better job on the wings and at the faceoff X. We have to do a better job clearing the ball the first time. We have to do a better job gaining possession when the ball's on the ground. Or if we get if we're gonna play that much defense, um, then we're gonna we're gonna continue to give up goals. But um we're our, uh, we're sick to our stomach about it, to be honest. You know, the giving up 14 goals a game is 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 not anything that um I want as a uh a landmark of this program. You know, I want us to be a very fierce and efficient defense. I want our guys to take more pride in it. And um, I'm from our goalie uh, outward to everybody in front of them. Everybody's got to be better. We, we've got to uh, we've got to challenge them to be better. We've got to put them in the right spots throughout the course of a practice week to be better. But um, you know, there is nothing. There's no message that's coming out of our mouths that says, "Hey, you know, we're doing great. We just got to do better on offense." Or, "Hey, guys, everything looks great. We just got to yada yada." That's uh, not what we're saying at all right now. What we're saying is, you have to do your job better, um, coaches included, on a daily basis in order to get more defensive stops and uh, and better offensive possessions. So, um, we are uh, focused, scrutinizing. Uh, communicating as efficiently as possible, Ted, to make sure that that statistic changes. The third of four games in 11 days comes up this Saturday uh, on the Hilltop in Moon Township against Robert Morris. And wow, I, I'd forgotten until I started putting my notes together. The last three matchups, all one goal, three of the last six have gone to overtime. I mean, it's this, these, this game's never decided until the final seconds. Yeah, and you got some underlining themes there as well, some history. With the Northeast Conference, some um, some Northeast Conference championship game history, regular season and tournament. Um, you've got uh, the head coach, whose brother is is our is our equipment manager and the head of our whole equipment department, who's a Geneva guy and um, a great guy. But uh, some underlining connections from Hobart to Robert Morris, both past, present, and um, you know we're. Uh, they we're, we're in the position where they have our full attention. We know what spot we're in. Uh, we know that they're three and O and a very good team. Uh, they have a unique style of play. They have a very confident style of play. Ted, they have grad seniors and seniors all over the field, and uh, they're a returning conference championship team. So um, they've got everything in, in their capability uh, of playing an excellent game, and it's a it's a tough place to play. It's going to be windy. It's going to be cold. And um, we've been in those scenarios on that field before. So, um, you know, our guys need to, our focus right now is on our mental approach to this game and um, uh, figuring out what happened Tuesday night, why it happened, and uh, moving on from it, not forgetting it. You know, the whole put it behind and forget what happened. And you can't, you can't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. So, you know, I think our guys recognizing the feeling that they had during that game Tuesday night and after it is very important at the 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 mental approach that we take to our next opponent. Um, I think Robert Morris is an excellent team. I really do. And uh, I think they're well coached and I think they're tough. But in my personal opinion, um, it doesn't matter who we play this Saturday. We're, we're going to need to play in a certain way. And um, whether we're on the road, whether we're at home on Boz in the dome or we're playing in the Friggin' Wegman's parking lot. We got to play a tougher brand of lacrosse, 
And it, that's across the board. We got to coach a tougher brand of lacrosse. We have to play a tougher brand of lacrosse. So I, Robert Morris has my full attention in our teams, but it could be anybody. They're, they're going to get our best. And this is a completely different Robert Morris team. One of our recent matchups was 18-17. to 17. This team is number two in the country in defense. Uh, yeah, I you know, and I'm not sure uh, what type of offenses they played up until this point um, or how, uh, how they are against um, everybody on the offensive end. They, so the, the, the polls, the, um, uh, the, the horses, the two-way players, we believe their best element is running from the defensive end to of the offensive end. Um, and um, the slickness that they have, you know, the the coach that uh, the Torak Orban, Coach Torak Orban, the guy that played for them, Coach, if you rem- or Ted, if you remember, um, was uh, the bigger lefty uh, Canadian that they had on that left pipe that you didn't know how he had three goals a game, but he did. Yeah. He, you know he's coaching them in a very similar fashion. You know they um, a lot of open sets, a lot of a lot of catch and shoot stuff, a lot of indoor stuff. So um, they are um, uh, uh, dynamic in that element. So we uh, we we see what they're doing defensively. They're long. They're very physical. Uh, I think they really like their goaltender as well. But um, we believe that if we're going to be successful, we're going to stop them running from end to end. A little bit of mixed bag of weather coming in. We're told uh, for the fans, anybody who's going Friday earlier is better than later. Uh, there's a little bit of a storm system coming along, and you never know what you're going to get along the lakes. This is the Hobart Podcast uh, Lacrosse Episode 56, uh, 12 noon start in Moon Township, Pennsylvania, this Saturday for the Statesman. And Robert Morris, you'll find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go to get podcasts, and you can keep up to date with all your athletics news at hwsathletics.com. Uh, Coach, I know uh, it's frustrating because you, you want to be winning more games, and, and good luck in uh, taking a step in that direction Saturday. I appreciate that. Thanks, brother.